Hi, I'm Mike Okuda. And I'm Denise Okuda. And you're listening to... The Great Big Beautiful Podcast. And so no, no, she, no, no, no. She, she's looking to get her claws into him. She, yeah, she's exactly. Looking to play with him. You know, like, like a cat comes in the house dragging a uh, a mouse, shall we say? Yeah. You know, and and, and lays it at the foot of her uh, her her master, thinking, oh, how great this is. Yeah. Well, well, cats look at life differently than that than you know, Batman. It's the mismatching. It's it's the humor of it all. It's it's the oh come on, let's go play. <laughs> she gives him a swat instead of a whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's just brilliantly written. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. Holy Julie Newmar Batman. <laughs> We should have said that to her when when she called. We should have gotten her to say something. Like like, <laughs> like when she did her liner, she should have been like, "Holy great big beautiful Batman!" But that's Robin. <laughs> it is. Catwoman never says that. I don't. What, what did she have something in the Batman that she said all the time? I, it's been so long like, since I've seen it. Like a catchphrase. Yeah, like a something she said all the time, or you know what I mean, like a word that she used. Um, probably should know. I mean. I feel like Eartha Kitt, when Eartha Kitt came in for the third season, I feel like she did a lot of purring, okay, you know, yeah. and I don't, I don't think Julie Newmar did a lot of purring. purring. I think, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, she, it was a very sexy character, but you right. know, it was the, yeah. it was the sixties and, and they got these incredibly attractive women to play the role. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that she had a catchphrase. I mean, nothing's jumping out at me. And, yeah. and of course, people are probably listening, screaming at me right now, going, how could you forget X? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. How do you not know that she used to purr this way? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, never mind. I was going to say something. But I'm not <laughs> well, she she was a lovely lady, a lovely woman when we spoke to her. I, Incredibly I, She lovely. was so... You know, she was so charming, and you can tell. I don't know. It's just, it just comes off of her, right? I mean, it, she's had this this really long career. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, dating back to the early '50s, she's been in in acting. Um, but really, nothing she has done has eclipsed Catwoman in terms right. of popularity or what she's known for. So, I mean, to this day, it's still what people recognize her for. People know her for. Mm-hmm. And you know, now. With the animated movie, The Return of the Caped Crusaders, she's doing it again. You know, right. She's back back to the, the role, which is really awesome. I don't know if you've been a while. I mean, we did that episode about the killing joke. Right. Um, I don't know if you've been watching many of the DC animated films that have been coming out. No, I've, I, I only saw the killing joke. That was the only one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, they're, you know, some of them are good. Some of them not so good. Right. Um, but they're very dark, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're animated, but they're very they're very dark. 
and um, not all of them are really for kids. And it's so great to see Return of the Cape Crusaders because it, I mean, it's got that camp and it's got the cheesiness of the 60s show. Right. And um, it's just fun, you know? It's not dark in any way. It's just over-the-top, goofy fun like like the show was. And it's it's it was, it's great to hear Adam West and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar back in the right. room. Right. Oh, man, I, I haven't seen it yet, and I need to go watch it. Sounds do. Sounds like I'll love it because I love the the uh, who didn't love the, the original show, right? I love exactly. <laughs> As a kid, I remember the first time I ever saw it, and I was like, there's a live-action Batman show? You know what I mean? I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't call it live-action. This is a Batman right. show. You know? Right. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I bought for myself for Christmas last year the big the Blu-ray box set of the entire oh, season. Amazing. The entire show. Um, and it had been sitting on the shelf for the longest time, and I just never had time to really open it up and right. pop it in. And I don't remember when or why, but at some point the kids knew it was there and they were like, well, let's, let's just see what that's about. Yeah. And we put it in and they were hooked right away. They wow. call it cheesy Batman. <laughs> even, they, even they know it's cheesy, but they love it. You're like, can we watch cheesy Batman? And you need to watch it. And it really is cheesy. It's just, Oh that's, yeah, that's, for sure. That's the charm. Like it was yeah. intended to be, it was, it was not supposed to be serious. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be this totally goofy thing. Um, and it's still just so much fun to watch. Right. I was at uh, our EB Games, which is the Canadian version of GameStop, same company, okay. but it's Canadian. And they had the Funko Pops there. And I saw they had Batman in uh, the swim trunks and surfboards. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to the old show, right? <laughs> There's a Funko Pop for everything at oh, this point. Oh, I know. <laughs> a, I, I, think, I think you could collect those and never be done. Like if you... You'd never no. collect them all. <laughs> no, I don't know what you would do with them all. You did, I don't know where you would put them all. Right. I have like five or six, and I think that's so many, you know. And I know other yeah. people have dozens of them. I don't know where they put them. Yeah, no, I have four or five of them as well, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think I can continue too much longer. My desk exactly. is getting full. All right, so we talked to Julie <laughs> Newmeyer this week. If you hadn't guessed by the title <laughs> and us talking at the start, and it was a fun interview. I will, I will tell you that. I was going through a major, I just had a tooth surgery right before this. So during this entire interview, I was kind of sitting there like, oh, okay, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. So you're basically what you're saying is this might sound like a Jamie only interview, but you exactly. actually were there. <laughs> and, and when I did speak, I'm, I have, I don't, I'm not sure what I sounded like when I spoke. So it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to hear. <laughs> but kudos to you for podcasting through the pain, yes. man. That's that's dedication right there. I'll show up if I'm in the hospital. I'll set it all up and get on their Wi-Fi. <laughs> Only if it's a guest that you care about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's 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 uh, Patrick Stewart. We need to set this up. Oh yeah. Satellite internet. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I need I'm a day pass, guys. Day. I need a day pass. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go play that interview for you right now. Hope you enjoy. Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's just such a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you. I think it's my pleasure as well. Oh, I don't know about that. I think the pleasure is all ours. Um, I wanted to to start. um, You have an extensive classical training, your music and dance. But I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you studied with Marcel Marceau. Is that true? I studied with Marcel Marceau's teacher. Oh, okay. 
Yes, in New York City, I had one very brilliant class with him. He was brilliant. Etienne, um, gee, way back then. That's going back a ways, right? Yeah, it had quite an influence on me. Yeah. So you you didn't study with with Marcel Marceau, but you got the same no, training, the same training know. that he did. No, I, <laughs> he was traveling all the time, doing his shows, um, performing all over the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that classical training that you had did that set you apart or give you an advantage during your acting career? Advantage, definitely. Um, I had classical musical training, of course, classical dance in ballet. Um, I studied voice. I studied opera for eight years. All of it matters a great deal, depending on what you want to do. Of course, I did, um, to start out with, um, a lot of Broadway, a lot of theater, a lot of musical theater. So it combines... The, all those talents, dance, music, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, pursuing a career and actually being successful in you know the the classical arts, you know, in, in performance, musical performance or opera, it's it's incredibly difficult. And you you found definitely your niche in acting and in performance on stage. Um, but thinking back to all that other training that you got, do you ever wish that maybe you know, your road had branched in a different direction. Maybe you could have become an opera singer or you could have become a classical pianist or something else. Or are you you're pretty happy with the way things went? I'm totally happy. Yeah. I think that our lives, our careers, uh, fulfill themselves as we go. We, we sense that we're doing the right thing. When we were young, we search out teachers different, for instance, in dance, I would have gone from ballet to tap. I did acrobatics. I studied flamenco dancing. Mm. I even was in Spain for a couple of weeks in Seville to study flamenco. So all areas of dance I studied, and it eventually did lead to the stage. And the high point for me, certainly in dance, which I preferred over all my careers, really, The high point for me was in the musical theater. Yeah. You know, they, the, all the musicals, the big musicals where you sing and dance and acting as a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. We'll pronounce that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I know you, you know, you had quite a career on stage. Do you still, um, do you still get to performances? Do you still, do you still try, try to get to as many musicals and shows as you can? I get to see everything that's on television. (laughs) And yes, we're so fortunate these days that you get the operas and all the best dance. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. What what do you get to see? I do miss New York and seeing live theater. Sure. Sure. Something that people may not necessarily know is that you're pretty active online and you, you have a couple of different websites and one where you, you do a lot of writing. Um, you recently wrote, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it back to you, I'm going to quote you here. Whatever curious popularity I have as a performer is usually ascribed to my being, quote, larger than life. In truth, it has been my ability to right-size myself that has defined me as a woman during the changing eras of American culture. What do you mean by that, by right-sizing yourself? Wow. 
um, it's kind of strange when you're a, barely a teenager and you're already five feet eleven. Mm. Um, you try not to notice people's reaction to you because they're not necessarily uh, true to mm. who you are. So living from a goal or from the inside or with with a conviction or direction or having good great teaching in your life gives you that those core values that allows you to soar beyond all the complaints that teenagers have about how they're treated mm-hmm. but i guess what i'm saying is i was very lucky to have a mother who provided who made it possible for me to have this career along with going to school so that after school I would take classes in these various disciplines that allowed me to be wholly ready by the age of 16, 17, 18, by the time you know, I got out of high school, you see. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. The you know what what I got out of the you know that that essay that you were writing is that also that you were able to um, to move with the time you know your your career has spanned so many years and that you were able to move with the changing expectations of not only what an actress should be or you know what what a woman should be in show business you know and, and things have changed so dramatically through the years and it seems like you have been able to in your career sort of stay with that and mold yourself to what was necessary and what was required, but still be uniquely you. Wow. Some <laughs> thinking, some mouthful. Wow. You said it. I didn't say it. You said this. That's a great big compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I think that today in social media and just citing Facebook, for instance, is the quickest way to get feedback to who you think you are. I mean, yeah. we put it out there and we get this feedback. A little of it we don't like. I hope not a lot. Right. But all of it is good to some extent. To to kind of, although we guide ourselves, but to guide ourselves toward our greater good. So that you're not in repetition of your life, but you're ever open to, uh, hmm, you're just open to receiving who it is that you are. It's, it's, it's growing up with no top on. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. Your words, not mine. (laughs) Uh, I understand that you have quite a garden. Oh, yes. Do I ever? Have you ever? Mm-hmm. Have you always had a green thumb or was that something that you developed during your life? I think a garden was the place I was happiest with my father. Really? When he was digging and doing all that stone masonry, he actually built me a playhouse. And I remember running in and out of it and in and out of it and doing somersaults on the grass going over and sitting with my feet draped in the, the, the pools. He had these 
series of fountains, one above the other. Where we lived on the hillside, so they kind of one water fell into the other pool, into the other pool, and it was a lovely place to be, where where you, you didn't have to say anything. You were just calm in your own building materials, your own creativeness, and uh, yeah. I think that warmth has always been with me. And then I love flowers. Oh, my God. They have so much beauty around one. I think that's probably the theme of my life. Yeah. If you were going to give a tour of your garden, where would you begin? (laughs) Well, in the driveway where I have hundreds and hundreds of new irises now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I put them in pots and... They're so spectacular, and people usually come in spring. For us, it's April here because the roses are in bloom and everything is that it's just exploding. It's so beautiful. Well, that's just one of the treats. I have four gardens, and I have four secret gardens, so little kids get to enjoy themselves. It's just magical when when you follow a little kid around the garden and they see all these animals they're 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 not real. They're made of stone, but sure. you know, there'll be spiders and, and snakes and and alligators. I mean, that could scare you. Scared <laughs> one of my Japanese gardeners. <laughs> Do you think? Would you say that gardening is is how you find peace in the world? I think gardening is where you can go to get it. Yeah. If you if you're Peace doesn't arrive within a few minutes in a, in a, in a really nice garden mm. because yeah. nature is at its perfection. It, and it's in its whole cycle when you think of the planting and the growth and the blooming and the, and the, and the, and the flowers dying out and, and the ground coming back to where winter you don't see flowers. It's a marvelous rejuvenation. We should think of ourselves that way, I think. We are rejuvenating every year, every day, every minute, all the time. Just uh, being open to the nature of things. That's beautiful. I wish I was a better gardener. (laughs) I just, the weeds, the weeds drive me crazy. I can't keep up with the weeds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please, oh, well, you know, I'm, have this thing about leaf blowers. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, just wrecks your concentration. <laughs> they don't do anything. They just make noise. That's uh, right. Uh, I wanted to ask you about My Living Doll, the show. Um, that show ended up having a surprising amount of influence on later shows, and for quite a while, actually. Uh, I'm just curious to know whether you were upset at the time or maybe even still a little bit now, that it wasn't more successful than it was when it was on air? Oh, I have to be in appreciation of how much research you did, (laughs) how clear-minded you are, and how perceptive (laughs) you are. You even have my answers in your questions. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, yes, thank you. I wasn't (laughs) upset at all. And the truth is, that my living doll was uh, was a marvelous idea of this robot, this perfect female mm-hmm. who would do anything for a man upon his command. 
they used to think that way in those days, okay? <laughs> um, not so much now. Um, but it, it was fun. There was humor in it. It was it, She was smarter than he. Yeah. And he was the doctor, psychiatrist. So, but, but the, it was all for the fun. You got into it. And, and uh, uh, trying to think of my favorite person in the show, other than uh, Bob Cummings. Who was the other guy in the show? Oh, anyways, we just had we had so much fun on that show. But it's hard work. It it, it really takes us about eighteen hours a day, sometimes to become fully prepared the next day because television works so fast. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, Jack yeah. Malini, that's the name. Okay. Yeah, it's. I, I, I wish the show were, were more available now to be able to... Me you too. Know, find, I, think it, I think it could find a new audience today. It, it would, even though it was in black and white, it was absolutely charming. It's pre- it was the precursor of the genie show, yep. which we all know now. And Bewitched. Bewitched, yes. The, the, the girl who, who would do every, anything for yep. a man that she loved. Yep. Very sweet, very yep. charming, very, very um, fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I found fascinating, and I had no idea until I started to do a little bit of research for for this talk, was that um, the there was a character on a Star Trek show um, who was named after your character from that show. Really? Oh. Yeah. The um the Borg the, the Borg Seven of Nine. Oh, really? Be- Tell because me about that. Well, because your your um, the character the 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 robot name was seven oh nine, right? And they they went back because she was you know this precursor of of this you know oh. sultry female robot who you know who they wanted to mold to do what they want to 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 meet their desires. Oh. So when they created this character for Star Trek, they named her Seven of Nine, and it was a, it was a callback to to your character name. Did she walk around with a cowl and nothing else? Uh, no, but she did walk around with a very tight uniform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes, that's it. That's what you have to wear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Uh, speaking of tight uniforms, Catwoman. Let's talk about Catwoman for a few mm-hmm. minutes. Um, you were the first to create the character of Catwoman on screen. Um, sure. When that show came about, how much thought went into to your portrayal i mean it, when, when people talk about that character on that show from the 60s it's usually described as you know sexy and that's true but you know looking back on it now my kids i have the show on blu-ray my kids have fallen hard for it they love that show but it's so interesting to watch your episodes because your portrayal of catwoman is really it's this vulnerable character who's just desperately looking for approval and attention and it's, you know, it's, I, I think, like, she's that first, and then she's this, you know, cat burglar villain second. So I'm just wondering how intentional that was when you were when you were doing the character, or was that just how she was written and you just went along with it? Now, give me that one word again that you thought she was. What was it? Or that she was sexy? No, no, we know that. <laughs> we know the, that. Oh. Vulnerable? She was vulnerable? She was, well, because in her interaction, when you watch her interacting with Batman, 
she oh, for she's sure. trying to get one over on him, but you can see beneath it all that she really just is looking for his his attention. And no, so she no, no, no. She, she's looking to get her claws into him. She, yeah, she's exactly. Looking to play with him. You like like a cat comes in the house dragging <laughs> a uh, a mouse, shall we say? Yeah, you know, and and, and lays it at the foot of her uh, her her master, thinking, oh, how great this is. Yeah. Well, well, cats look at life differently than that, than you know, Batman. It's the mismatching. It's it's the humor of it all. It's it's the oh come on, let's go play. Yeah. <laughs> she gives him a swat instead of a whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It was brilliantly written. Yeah. Brilliant. It, it, it looks like you guys were just having so much fun on that show. That's the point yeah. of life. Oh, having fun. You can't take it too seriously. Yeah. You just keep stirring up trouble. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to ask. I mean, your career, like I said, it's your career has spanned decades. You've won a Tony Award. You were one of the seven brides for Seven Brothers. You've been in dozens of films and shows. Do you ever get frustrated that you're just inextricably linked to Catwoman for so many people, even though that was just one job of many? I'm inextricably linked because it was a great show. Yeah. And it was a great part. And it was a great time. The late 60s, we, we weren't at war for the last 60 years. And we were still enjoying ourselves in the flush of the good times of rebuilding after World War II. Let me not talk history, but mm-hmm. the times you were in does have an effect on whether these films turn out to be dark or not. And many complaints about this comes I hear, you know, thereafter. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. That that character, I mean, all, all characters from that show, I think, but that character, it resonates with fans, and to this day, fans still love it and, and love you for that portrayal. But... It, it, does it have special significance for you or was it was it just another job the same as you know showing up for work on you know as um any of the other shows that you were on like my living dollars which you did more episodes of well the significance is in first of all the quality of work that would went into creating such a show and it was super high quality yeah for this show and the significance is that, for instance, the the outfit that I wore, the Catwoman outfit, mm-hmm. it's it's now in the Smithsonian Museum. I know. How nice, really, <laughs> that people would see that and want to see it again and and remember their stirrings in the utility belt. Is that it's always complete <laughs> in in answering? Oh, yeah. A lot has to do with, for the actor, with good writing. Yeah. If you don't have a a richness of character, then, um, and for the producer, it's good casting. Mm -hmm. Sure. Or for the director, that's what they're always asking for. So, yeah, a lot of good energy, good preparation goes into a show like Batman. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I'm totally going to take that stirrings in the utility belt line, though. I think that's perfect. 
Yeah, <laughs> you talk to him, that's what you'll hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there have been a lot of Catwoman after you. Some intentionally followed in your footsteps, some were very different. Did you keep up with the character over the years, or did you just sort of know about it? It was there in the sidelines, but you didn't really follow. Oh, listen, I just got the most marvelous piece of fan mail. I've probably ever received, I've gotten some marvelous, marvelous fan mail. It's a little nine-year-old boy who wrote to me. Now, I'm not saying this. He is saying this. Yeah. And he is he is saying, well, let me see. He's saying, well, you're better than the other Catwoman because Bertha Kid is too angry. She She's more like a tiger than a house cat. Yes. Okay, this is a nine-year-old talking, okay? Michelle Pfeiffer is too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Anne Hathaway isn't very cat-like. <laughs> Halle Berry is too strange. And Lee Merriweather isn't nuanced enough. Oh, wow. You think maybe his mother wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed this is coming from a nine-year-old. Oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you, you get wonderful fan mail. Just wonderful. And I love meeting people whenever I have a chance to do one of those uh, Comic-Con or in the big cities and, and people come and, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Bill Shatner, all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> it is the best experience of my life because I don't know what it is, but people have memories that could go back 50 years. Yeah. And it's like it's, it happened to them that morning. And they're, you just look into their eyes and what they're saying. And then once in a while, some girl will have tears in her eyes. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. <laughs> it is, I just have to tell you, it is so such a wonderful experience for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I can't imagine. You know, we've, <laughs> we've talked to a lot of different people, and that is one common refrain. People say, you know, going to either conventions or just meeting fans and hearing the stories of how the things, the projects that they've worked on have affected them personally. That's like the most rewarding thing. More more than awards, more than, you know, other yeah. actors or peers recognizing yeah. them. It's it's the fan reactions that are that mean the most. Oh, it's the gift into your life. Yeah. It's the okay. It's the sweet blessing, you know. Yeah. It's the kiss from on high. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you yes. return to the role now mm-hmm. in Return to, of the Cape Crusaders. Um, oh, yeah. Why? Why now? Because they asked. Wonder Brothers. Because they asked. Well, <laughs> well how did they Brothers. ask? I want to know the story. And this, well, I guess it was popular enough. Yeah. That they put it out. Now it's going. It's coming out November first uh, on your computer, and mm-hmm. then November eleventh in DVD. And it's an animated full, uh, film. Mm-hmm. Of, it's called Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. So it has all all the enemies, all the bad guys, all the all the bad stuff, all the things that your kids can, you know, deliciously get, you know, dressed up for. You know, put their capes on and run around and jump off the sofa. And, Smash things. I'm so no, I'm not, so looking forward to seeing. Yes, yes. It, this this wasn't your first time doing voiceover for animation, though, was it? Oh no, no. Is that is that something that you enjoy doing? It's a different kind of 
shall we call it talent? <laughs> yeah, it is, it's a talent, absolutely. Well, it's very concentrated. You're in this dark space here, and it's it's kind of like drawing a picture where you have the numbers and you have you have to go from one and end up on three hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, and it you you bring to it what you can. It isn't entirely your decision. You you really have to work with this the demanding techniques of, of uh, you know, getting it up there and drawing the characters and whatever it is they do to assemble all these elements into uh, this Disney world that we have of yeah. animated films. It's, it's, it's quite a challenge. Yeah. Was it a challenge to get back into character, though, or did you find that that was you pretty You know what? I'm going to put something on my Facebook page next Wednesday. I'm yeah. going to show them how I did it. Oh, fantastic. And I'm taking the first page from my script, and I've never done this before, but I've got all the secrets there. These are the things that I tell myself to think about while I'm doing it, mm-hmm. and nobody's ever seen... Ooh, I mean, they hear the dialogue, but they don't know what I'm thinking behind the lines. Mm. And I'm going to put that up on. So it's Julie Newmar. Just go go to Facebook, Julie mm-hmm. Newmar, whatever it is yep. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah come join me. It's fun. Absolutely. You we'll definitely oh we'll link God. to that, too, with this. It's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> but I think you'll get it. <laughs> Did you, for instance, you... I, for instance, in order, 50 years later, in order to play Catwoman, I had to tell myself consciously through my brain <clears throat> to uh, act young, you know, yeah. to sound like an 18 year old, because my your voice gets lower as you get older. Mm-hmm. And if you ever remember Lucille Ball's voice, it was kind of got very low, yeah. you know, so, um, well, there's all kinds of techniques we use to um, uh, well, you'll see my yeah, secret. Okay, not not too many spoilers. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> did did well, you well, when yeah. you were when you were making the uh, the film though, the Return of the Cape Crusaders? Did you record together with Adam and Bert, or were you by yourself? No. No, you don't. It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's unfortunate. It, we, they do each individual character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I know sometimes it's, they do everybody records together, but it's not often. It's usually everybody's in isolation. Yeah. 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 It's a very strict form of movie making at that point to put those voices together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably. This is, and you've said 50th, but this is the 50th anniversary of both mm-hmm. Batman and and Star Trek, which you guest starred on an episode of the original series. Um, I'm curious how that came about. How did you get that role? I don't know. You, they, they just I asked? I have no idea how they choose whom they choose. <laughs> did you audition or did they or come to you? who is not available and then you're the second, third, or fourth choice. I have no idea. <laughs> but I was very pregnant in this one and I you had were, to... I didn't know that. Yes, yes. Oh, well, it was quite an interesting experience. Yeah. Science well, fiction. the show Star Trek, you were on the second season and it was already a phenomenon by that time. But were you a fan? Uh, uh, I 
kind of science fiction is not my thing. Yeah. Um, I like dance and and, uh, and comedy. I love comedy. That's that's what my that's where my preferences are. Because yeah. it has so much to do with music and timing and fun and silliness and and invention and uh, working off truth, working off drama, working off those things. And science fiction is this too many unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. You have to pretend you're something that you have no idea what the heck that is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but so is being a robot. That was probably the hardest thing I ever had to do. Really difficult. Because how do you make a robot understandable that is comp- com- to an audience? Yeah. How do you make them how, then feel who you are? Because we have to feel things in order to understand them. Mm-hmm. And that's my job as an actor. Yeah. Act- Actress, I don't know why that got lost. That's was for actress, but actor, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you pr- you you prefer comedy and, oh. and a little bit more lighthearted fare. Oh, absolutely. Do you do you watch TV? Is there anything that you're watching now? Oh, that's, I watch all the time. Yes, I watch I, all the time. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I watch too much television. Yes, <laughs> but I I love um, Stephen Colbert. He's oh, yeah. so brilliant. And he's so gifted. He just can do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of a great character actress, Joan Cusack. Yeah, oh yeah. Thinking how brilliant she is, how gifted she is, how marvelous. I haven't seen much of her lately. I don't know what yeah. she's doing, but I have to extol her talents. Oh, I what love a her. Great performer. Yeah. yeah oh absolutely. my. Yeah, she she doesn't get enough roles, and I don't know if that's her decision or if she's just not getting the roles. But. To be a parent or teaching, I don't know what she's doing. Let's find yeah. out. Well, let's find out. <laughs> mm. um, this might seem a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but having had the experiences that you've had and having worked with who you've worked with, do you think that Adam West as Batman or Bill Shatner as Captain Kirk better portrayed the ideal of 1960s masculinity? Because they were both very macho guys. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Hello, you answered it. <laughs> well, you answered your can, you, question. Can, you, can you pick one or the other? Well, I think Adam was a perfect Batman. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the tongue cheek, because when you're freer to have fun, when you're freer to be joyous, when you're freer to laugh, you're in a healthier state, the country or yourself, or you, you see. Um, and William Shatner, oh my goodness, what a gifted actor, Canadian, did Shakespeare, hugely intelligent, incredible in comedy. Yeah. Oh my gracious, such timing. Yeah. Hmm, I didn't know what more could be said. <laughs> they are, they're, they're sort of the two paragons of what what, what it meant to be a man in the 60s. Oh, my God, Paragon, thanks for that word. (laughs) (laughs) Batman has had such an incredibly significant impact on popular culture. Um, 
on top of everything else that you've done in your career, though, is it gratifying to look back at the role that you've had and, and, and that you've played and the influence that you've had on everything else? I mean, is that do you have I guess what I'm asking is, do you have any regrets or do you just look back and, and think, man, I did good. I did really good. You know, what's what's truly interesting is that, yes, we'll be probably remembered for one role or two or three. But in my experience, and probably everyone else's, we are as good at, at everything we, we do. We put everything into everything we're doing. But sometimes it's the wrong time to do that story or film that show or that character has not been perfectly written. Um, but I've always felt that I've given my all in everything I've done. And fortunately, you, at the moment, you didn't look back and say, oh, waste of time here. <laughs> I think I'll just, uh, you know, dial it in. <laughs> yeah. Follow me. Now, I think we, we, we do our best. Yeah. And it just happens that something catches on. Something becomes popular. Yeah. Is it exciting to be back in the spotlight with the new film? It is. Yes, it is. It certainly is. It's lovely to be asked questions. To have <laughs> someone like you who's done the most profound research. Oh, I mean, well. to ask about my classical upbringing, that's... Wow. We like to be prepared. <laughs> and for the record, for the record, we would have talked to you even without the new film. You, we would have loved to have you on. So that was not, that was not the impetus for having you on. We would have just loved to talk. We love to talk. So you are the real geek dad. Tell me, what is a geek dad? Uh, it is a dad who is a geek. It's uh, <laughs> we. Uh, the, the the easy explanation is that just we. Uh, Forever young. Forever young, involved parents who are passionate about the things that we love. I love it. I'm so happy that you asked me. Oh, I'm so happy that you agreed to come and be asked. <laughs> Julie, thank you so much for your time. This has just been an absolute, absolute pleasure. Thank you, Jamie, and thank you, Justin. So something I found interesting, not interesting, but when you first told me that we were getting in touch with Julie Newmar, you said that you... You got the phone number to call the PR person and you called it and it was actually her that answered the phone. Yeah. It, <laughs> what's funny is, is um, I got an email. Um, I, when I send out like pitch emails and right. I try to pitch people, I send many, many times it goes through PR people or publicists or managers or agents. Sometimes I can get in touch with somebody directly, but depending on who it is, it's usually through a publicist or an agent. Um, but it's almost entirely done through email right? for obvious reasons, you know? Um, and I got a response to her publicist. Um, I hope he's not listening. Um, <laughs> ba basically like kind of, kind of, you know, making me feel a little bit guilty for not including a phone number where he could reach right. me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that was the first time that I had ever, even considered that I didn't have a phone number in the mm -hmm. email. Nobody, I mean, who's going to call really? Yeah. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I, you know, I, I wrote him back and I said, oh, I'm sorry if you need to talk, here's my phone number. And, uh, he gave me a number to call 
And uh, I figured it was to call him to he wanted more information. Right. And so I called the phone number and Julie Newmar picks <laughs> up. Hello. Yeah, voice, exactly. right? <laughs> that's that's actually a really good voice. I did. You I did, did a, a good job. That's a good job. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I was kind of t- thrown for a loop. I like I didn't know what to, I was like, oh, oh, hello. So, you know, uh, do you want to be on our podcast? <laughs> yeah, it was very awkward. It was very awkward. But she's just such a sweetheart. It was, you know, after the initial awkwardness of about five seconds were right. off, it was, you know, she knew why I was calling. Okay. He had already told her. It wasn't just like complete random out of the blue stranger <laughs> just guy. Her. She's just in her yeah. garden in the back and you're calling her portable phone. <laughs> People even have those anymore. I'm dating myself. That, her portable that would phone. have been awkward. Portable phone. Yeah, I think they're called cell phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, you know what I mean, right? Those wireless phones. That oh, used yeah. to, we, my yeah. mom used to have, off topic, my mom used to have one where the the metal part would like come out of it like three feet so you could oh I remember that you know, <laughs> anyone with a baby monitor could listen in on your conversations yes, yes I remember that no but that's 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 funny because that's not normally how you contact it. and it'd be funny no. if that's the way it worked every time you know oh yeah Just randomly call like Jonathan Frakes yeah, and be like, yeah. hello oh yeah. how you doing buddy hi this is Levar Burton <laughs> how are you um yeah no it doesn't work like that and so that was why I was you know little throne right. but uh it was nice and she's just a sweetheart and uh it was just a lovely conversation as i hope you heard yeah and, and could tell we are this is episode 99 you believe it episode 99 it's crazy we are we are insane. at the wayne gretzky level of our of our podcast and it's just that is just nuts to me <laughs> it's crazy it really is and what what's what do they say? Like you, if you get past what I, number? I, I can't even remember. I think it's like fifteen or twenty. It's a really like low number. Yeah, it's a low like, number. If you get past that, that means you're doing okay. Like some like eighty percent of podcasts like don't even get that far. Right. Exactly. And then hundred. hundred. Oh no, I can't. It's pretty. It's pretty. And we're just we're we're still pumping them out. And you know, at this point, it's not even. It's not even like a. It's not hard. Like a lot of people ask me, how do you have the time to sit and do that? And it. I mean, there is time. It does take time to do it, but I don't. I don't know about you, but I don't find that it's like this big time constraint. Like we meet and we do the interviews, and then you yeah, know what I mean, it's not like it's like a crazy, you know. We're no. Not- <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we've done this. We've talked about this a little bit before, yeah. you know. But what you guys hear us talking, like obviously obviously none of this is scripted you know yeah, we're just yeah, talking yeah we don't we, i mean and we don't have the kind of podcast where we talk about news or mm-hmm. events or we don't theorize about things so like we don't we don't really need to like talk in advance about what we're going to talk about right. we just kind of talk and then we lead into the interview and we almost never cut stuff out of no, the interviews no and that's I more mean, on purpose I, I don't like to cut I don't know. I don't like to edit people. Like I like them to say yeah. what they say. I mean, if there's like a major flub or we get a call later, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Can you take it out? Yeah. I'll probably or they have it. to step away from the phone for a <laughs> yeah. second to answer another phone. You know, I mean, look, we'll edit that stuff out. But what you hear like 99.5% right. of the time is the entirety of our exactly. conversation with the person. So editing on your end. I mean, it takes time, yes. but it's not, no, it's not like, a, you know, it's not like a three hour affair. <laughs> right. I mean, I think what takes the most time for me is also behind the scenes. Right. It's, it's all the research and the coming up with questions yeah. because we don't have, I mean, some questions will show up again and again, you know, if, yeah. if, if, 
because they're just good questions and people have different answers. But we don't have like a standard template of questions for each person. So each set of questions in each conversation that we have is unique and you know, it takes a little bit of research right. and reading about the person or watching what they've done or listening to mm-hmm. what they've done. So from my perspective, that takes far longer than yes, actually just sitting down and talking. Yeah. No, and yeah, it, but and even it would, then, of course. But yeah, even then, but it even, doesn't it doesn't feel like it's this big like I don't know, maybe maybe it does for you. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's this big like, oh my God, I have to go do this now. You know what I mean? It only feels like that Sometimes. when we have when I'm an idiot and have like I've scheduled three interviews in the yes, same day. Yes, 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 <laughs> Then, then I'm hating life because I'm, I'm doing a lot of research and putting together a ton of questions. And oh my god! But it always uh, pays off because we always hear, "Hey, that's a great question. No one's ever asked that before." So you're doing something right, Jamie. I hope so. <laughs> oh, there goes my microphone. So. Hundred episodes, and I still don't know how to keep my microphone straight in that's front of okay. me. You know, that's okay. We were just talking off mic before we started that, and you know, we're only a hundred episodes in. Actually, more <laughs> if you if you count. Yes. All the yeah, bonus ones we yeah. did. We're only a hundred episodes in, and we still really don't know what the hell we're doing. Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Technically, tech tech <laughs> wise, we have no idea. Like what if we're if a seasoned podcaster were to ask us, "So, what's your setup like?" I'm I I'm usually just like uh, Skype. Yeah, we use Skype. I've got a microphone sitting on my desk, which yeah. is just sitting on top of a little plastic box. Mm-hmm. It's like a little plastic storage thing to which muffles the sound from the desk, and that's yeah. that's my that's our yeah. setup. My, and my, I have a mic, and we literally use a thirty dollar call recorder program to record our shows, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Low tech. And right now, everybody's listening, going, "Yep." Sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, I would have known that they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, episode 100, and it is with an amazing person, Rad Meltzer. And I'm so happy to have him on for our 100th it's episode. On election day, and so. it's on good old election day. Hopefully AKA the world will still exist apocalypse for episode day. 101. Yeah. <laughs> the election day is also the day of the apocalypse. But if the Cubs oh. can win the World Series, maybe we have hope. <laughs> a week ago, the Cubs winning the World Series had the same percentage yes. as they had the same chance as Trump winning. So I'm <laughs> maybe it's a I'm, bad thing then. I'm getting a little scared. Yeah, getting a little <laughs> nervous. Not that we get political on this show. <clears throat> don't vote for Trump. <clears throat> Anyways, we if you want to get in touch with us, I don't care. You can unsubscribe if you don't agree with me. Whatever. <laughs> um you can <laughs> follow us on Twitter at the GBP Podcast. Facebook.com slash the GBB podcast. And I'm Justin at 140 Justin C. I'm Jamie at the Roarbots. And if you want to give us a call, give us a call at 301 825 5653. And we will see you next week for episode 100 of the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Wow. Woo! I know. <laughs>